Hello, everybody, and welcome to the FridayNightOhio.com wrap-up show powered by the Canton Repository and Maslin Independent. And what a show we have today. Chris Easterling from The Independent is joining us. How are you doing, Chris? I'm doing great, Cliff. Doing great. Uh, It feels weird. Uh, The evening of October 3rd and... uh, just got done watching uh, Maslin and McKinley play. It, uh, it doesn't seem, uh, it was a surreal, uh, it was just sort of surreal. It certainly didn't feel like it was time for that matchup. You know, you have that clock in your head that things just didn't quite line up for me, even for me this morning, uh, getting up and listening to everything going on. No, I mean, you know, it's, you know, I rolled in about 11.30 uh, this morning uh, at the at Club Rock Tiger Stadium, and normally the parking lot where I park, you know, even, you know, two and a half, three hours before kickoff, I mean, it's uh, it's a mass of humanity and, and cars everywhere and, you know, tailgating and, you know, people getting ready for the game, and there was nobody. It was just desolate, and and it just it was just really really weird. Like I said, just kind of a surreal, um, a surreal feeling. You know, the fans who were at the game, you know, they had seventeen thousand, seventeen. They wish they had seventeen thousand, seventeen hundred and seventy six people there, roughly, and you know, they made a lot of noise, and they tried to make up for those who weren't. But uh, you know, it was still just. You know, it, you know anybody who's been to that game knows the, especially when the game's in mass, from knows what it's like. You know, post game, the the celebration on the field and everything, and it was just different. But uh, one thing that wasn't was, uh, you know, as it's been the now five years in a row with the, the performance of the National Tigers in this game. Really, uh, I think playing their best all-around football game of the season and, and say, doing it at the right possible time, you know, against our arch rival, uh, you know, against, you know, before heading into the playoffs, uh, you know, with a, with a 35-7 win. I was going to say 35-7, looking at all the stuff you and Josh Weir had tweeted, the most lopsided result in this series in, in quite a while. Yeah, Maslin beat him by 34-7 and 2013 over – uh, I, I think they were still calling it Fawcett Stadium. Then I know it's still Fawcett, you know, the old uh, the old stadium in Canton. Uh, then, but uh, you know, neither team had won by by that margin since uh, 2005. McKinley had won by 30 in that game, and then Maslin's Maslin's biggest win since '99 when they won by 35-7 score. But uh, you know. It, it, Again, I, I think for Maslin, there's a lot of positives to take from this football game that that can can really help them as they get into the playoffs. And for McKinley, I, you know, I wonder how much, you know, unlike Maslin, which got the first, gets the first round playoff by Maslin, McKinley's got to jump right back in it next week. And uh, you know, there's two schools of thought about that. You know, the, you know, and it's always tough the week after this game for both teams. You know, maybe maybe from the Hilly, you know, again, kind of like coming off for the Perry game, you where they lost, you know, being able to kind of, the quicker they can spit that bitter taste out of their mouth, the, the you know, the better for them. But, the, you know, it, it, it was definitely, uh, it was definitely kind of an eye-opening performance and, and something that, uh, you know, 
I mean, there's not much else to say, really. <laughs> I mean, in terms of, of describing it, it was just, you know, you give credit to the Tigers because, you know, they lost their leading rush for Raekwon Vincent to, to a, a leg injury, and they turn around and they rush for uh, they rush for a season high 286. Wiltrell Hartson, a, a sophomore, comes in and doesn't just rush for 188 yards and two touchdowns himself. He provides a little explosiveness in the running game that, that has sort of been lacking uh, the first uh, five games of the season. So, you know, that gets a lot of good things for for Maslin to uh, to build off of. Yeah, that's that's certainly a nice find heading into the playoffs in a week, maybe to integrate him a little bit into the offense as well. And then for McKinley, how are they doing health-wise? I know they had a lot of injury concerns uh, coming into this game, Chris. Yeah, outside of Harold Fan and everybody, I think, well, pretty much everybody that w- that we had heard, at least notable names that we had heard who didn't play against uh, against Glen Oak. Uh, Played Elijah Wesley. In fact, the very first play of the game rips off an 81-yard run. Andrew Wilson lands able to track it down at the one-yard line to keep him from scoring. And you know, you look at it and you go, "Wow!" You know, Wesley really looked good running the ball. And then the next play, McKinley fumbles, and and it, you know, a sort of a precursor, I guess, to uh, the how the day would go for the Bulldogs, but. You know, Wesley rushes. Well, Wesley gained 119 yards. The problem is, you know, Maxwell's defense was able to to get him for uh, 33 uh, net yard, or 33 uh, launch yards. So it averages nets out to uh, to just 83 yards rushing. But uh, you know, Brandon Foster didn't really get going in the running game. Rob Jones was actually their second leading rusher. And, and their leading carrier was was 18 yards, uh, was 18 carries for 57 yards. The passing game, Xavier Black uh, made a couple of plays in the return game, uh, uh, but but really, Maslin did a really good job of of taking the pass away, getting a lot of pressure on Wesley, making him uncomfortable in, in the pocket. Uh, you know, neither quarterback, both quarterbacks completed just four passes. Leslie was four and nine for sixteen yards. Zach Cottrell was four of eight for for forty seven yards. But uh, you know the credit goes to again. Maslin won the line of scrimmage for the most part, and on both sides of the football. And that you know that was the story of the game. They were able to run the ball, run the ball at will between Will Wilfred Hartson and, and Nick Liebler as well. We've got uh, 69 yards on, on 11 carries and a touchdown. Uh, but, but guys like, you know, Mike Miller and Caden Woolard and, you know, uh, Jaden uh, Wise, Xavier, and Matthew, you know, we talked all season about their defense, and, and their defense were showed, up, showed up again uh, today against the Bucks. And, of course, that's the big game of the week everybody had an eye on, but it was not the only game you were at this weekend. Quick turnaround for you. Uh, tell us where you were Friday night and the result from that one. You know, I uh, I saw the Blue Cup, uh, Fairless at Tuslaw, and, uh, you know, Fairless, uh, I think it's sort of quietly got on the radar. They, you know, they're a very experienced football team, and, and, and 
they they lost two games. They lost a, a real tough one to, to Manchester in week three, and then they were coming off a week five loss at Northwest that, that cost them a chance at a league championship. But they were they really came out and they had a perfect start. They won forty one twelve. They scored on their their first six possessions, uh, aided by a, a couple of turnovers for Tuswell. Uh, and maybe the most important thing, they got Hunter Campbell back from injury. We talked about injuries, you know, with the the mass on the Kinley game, but the Hunter Campbell missed two games in weeks three and four with a little injury. And I thought he started to show uh, a lot of uh, the burst and, and cutting that that made him such a dangerous threat uh, running the football. He had over 100 yards and two touchdowns down, only seven carries. And then that, you know, that coupled with the play of Ethan Brindley, a quarterback, not just, you know, throwing the ball, but, but, but running the football as well. He really, uh, you know, he really, you know, that one, two punch is, uh, is real big for, uh, for, uh, you know, Mass for not Mass for Fairless, and it uh, you know they were, you know they were able to ride that uh, and, and, and roll to a, to a big win over the rival. And uh, while you were out there for the Blue Cup, I was over in Beloit for the de facto Eastern Buckeye Conference outright championship game. You had West Branch and Canton South. And uh, West Branch uh, uh, played really well and came away with the win there, 44-14. to I tell you, Chris, West Branch has a lot of weapons on offense. They, they spread it out to about five wide receiver sweat, uh, sets, empty backfield a lot, and uh, they had five receivers with catches of 10 yards or more. Of course, Nick Wilson's the one that stands out. He had four touchdown catches that tied a school record with – two other players and it was just uh it was a competitive game for a half but West Branch really was able to pull away there in the second half and uh yeah I mean the West Branch you know I, I think sometimes we forget about West Branch over there you know with Beloit and and uh you know here you uh you know can't stop obviously uh been a great story, uh, but uh, you know the best thing for the Wildcats is they got next week, and they they got the playoffs ahead. Yeah, that's certainly something they. I don't think they were going to be dwelling on this one, and there were some bright spots. Like I said, there were some plays left on the field they could have had. They did have a wide open receiver for what would have been a touchdown in the first half. The pass was underthrown a bit. The receiver had to hold up, and it ended up going to the defensive back instead of the receiver. So there's little things here and there that kind of made a big difference in that game. And what I was going to say about West Branch is just really tough to defend. And the thing, you have Brock Hillier back there, quarterback, not a very big guy, but he takes a lot of hits. He's not afraid to run the ball. And when you go with that empty backfield, there's no one to help out on a block if someone comes free. He got sacked four times and took some some pretty big hits on numerous other occasions. I was impressed with his ability to kind of step into the throw knowing what was coming because uh, there was some times I kind of cringed. I I can see why I think he missed a, a game, game and a half this season. I can see how that kind of happened. But man, does West Branch have a, a lot of weapons. Canton South, I think, will be fine. 
Uh, Trent Shavers looked really good. He had another one of the sacks. He had a long 57-yard touchdown run on fourth and three. Uh, There's still a lot of good things there for Canton South. They they aren't as far off as that score would indicate. I think a couple things here or there. They probably would have had to play a perfect game against West Branch. It's not often you see a team with just that kind of sheer firepower at the receivers where guys like Nick Wilson are taking slants 57 yards for a touchdown. It's just uh, tough to defend it. I think Canton South tried to do it right. You just want to try to get someone in the backfield and get get after the quarterback because that's, you know, it's going to be tough to try to cover that many good receivers for any length of time. Yep, yep, absolutely. But, you know, again, we we talked before, you know, playoffs are ahead for, you know, and I think that's what that, you know, looking at the results from last night, you know, uh, you know, there's a lot of teams I'm excited to see get into those playoffs, but we're going to have to wait for for a week or so before we see them. You know, Perry wins wins that going up 42-0. They're 6-0, but they get a first-round bye. Northwest is out to Loudonville to finish 6-0 by winning 41-20. But, again, they get a first-round bye before before they play. You know, I'm going to be curious to see how those buys benefit, you know, how they impact these these, these teams, especially the ones which have been uh, been sort of on a roll during the course of the season. Yeah, that's that's kind of unheard of in the high school game the week off. It's really going to be interesting to see how that turns out. And then you wonder if someone does pick up some steam in that first playoff game, how that affects them going in against a, a cold opponent. So there's a lot of, yep. a lot of stuff to keep an eye on and we'll just run through some of the other scores in the area. Jackson hung tough with Hoover. I mean, Jackson's taken everyone down to the wire. Hoover prevailed 14 to 13, but a, a good showing for the Polar Bears going into the playoffs. Uh, one we talked about earlier in the week, Lake beat previously undefeated Green 32-21. That's a really nice win there for the Blue Streaks. And then the the big rivalry game. This one surprised me a bit. St. Thomas Aquinas 26, Central Catholic 10. The Knights on a, a pretty nice roll heading into the playoffs, Chris. Yeah, Asian Bird especially. You know, that's a young man. You know, I, I, I wonder, you know, playing at a smaller school like Aquinas, which I believe is Division Six this year, how much he gets sort of lost in the shuffle of, uh, you know, the bigger schools, the bigger name kids, you know, and the bigger names that at some of the bigger schools that, that we, we talk about a lot on a weekly basis, but Asian Burke, huge night against the Crusaders. And I'm excited to see what that Aquinas team does in the playoffs. You know, we've talked a lot about what they could do in the playoffs. I'm a, I'm a, you know, I'm excited to see a player like Asian Burke, you know, they, they made the playoffs, if I can remember correctly, a year ago. So, you know, how much does that playoff experience benefit them? And, and having that game-changing type of kid, what can that do for – what that can that do that, that can do for, for the night? Absolutely. Uh, there's not many players of that caliber in, in Division Six, And when you have a game-changer like that, it's, it's going to be a team to keep an eye on. They're playing really well on top of it. So Aquinas, one to keep an eye on. Also in the EBC, we had Marlington defeat Minerva 31-3. to Marlington's a pretty nice team. Uh, that's one to keep an eye on as well. 
You have Carrollton 40, Cambridge 7. This is another surprise. Alliance is going to enter the playoffs winless. They fell to Salem on the road 20-13 to last night. So uh, that's pretty much it. West Branch is going to take the EBC outright. Uh, Canton South will finish second. Then everyone else there kind of jumbled up in the middle. And just uh, a lot of stuff going on. Looking at some of the other scores, uh, Worcester defeated Louisville 12-7. to Worcester with 12 points there in the third quarter. The Battle of the Hornets, Malvern defeated East Canton 27-8. to We also had uh, Sandy Valley. Wow, just taking it to Tusky Valley, 55-13. to uh, CVCA defeated Manchester 48-7. A little surprised that one was uh, finished up as high as it did, especially after Manchester, like you said, defeated Fairless earlier this season. And then one that uh, comes around once a year that everyone kind of looks to, New Philadelphia takes out Dover 21-13. to And that's pretty much it for the scores around the area, Chris. Anything there catch your eye? CVCA is a team. I know they opened up 0-2, if I can remember. But they opened up against Fairless and Northwest back-to-back at the start of the year. And I think people kind of, you know, after those two losses, kind of fell asleep on CVCA a little bit. Forgot how, you know, that's a really good football program that's had a lot of a lot of playoff trips in the last in recent years, and you know, I think they're going to be a dangerous team in Division Four. Uh, you know, Region Thirteen, they're in that big region with Northwest, South, Fairless, and uh, it's going to be uh, it's going to be interesting to see. You know, really physical football team. So you know, if you're looking for kind of a sleeper team in that region, uh, you know, I, I think CBC is one of those teams to kind of look out for. Absolutely, and that's going to do it for the wrap-up show. And next week, Chris, I'm sure we'll have a, a lot more to talk about. Obviously, it's going to be an interesting situation with some teams on by, other teams playing, and then in the following weeks, you may even have teams playing regular season. So this is this is going to get crazy here. Uh, welcome to 2020. Yeah, that's the best way to put it. Well, this is Cliff Hickman from the Kent Repository with Chris Easterling from the Maslin Independent, and we will talk to you early next week. See you then.